0: Previously on Funny Science Fiction. (laughs) (laughs) But to this day, she's like, no, really, William Shatner was your real father. And I'm like, I don't believe that.
1: (laughs) Hey, this is Mick Manhattan, the scene snob, and welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The
2: podcast where space is not the final frontier, just another button on your keyboard. All right, guys, our guest today is the co-host of a fun podcast that I like to follow called The Scene snobs. Everyone, say hello to Mick Manhattan. Hello to the show,
1: Mick. (laughs) Thank you, Nick. Appreciate that.
2: Yeah, so Mick, before we get into the meat of who and what Mick Manhattan is, let's share with the audience what the show is about and how the name Scene Snob came about.
0: I was just thinking real quick, it's going to get confusing with a Nick and a Mick for you.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's fair. Um, You can just call me... Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan. Uh, (laughs) I am no doctor. You just have to call me Mr. Manhattan. Uh, I did not get my degree. So uh, (laughs) you did not go to
2: eight school, evil school for eight years to be called Mr. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) Uh, The scene snobs came about. Uh, I was looking for, I had a, a blog called Movies 365 years ago and I was looking to move it on into a website and, and kind of create from there and do, you know, videos, things like that. And as I did, I realized Movies 365 is taken. And, you know, and so I went and re- I went about and I just decided, all right, I'm see what's what, what's out there. And there's a group here of disc jockeys, sports disc jockeys in D.C. called the uh, Sports Junkies. So I was like, all right, well, maybe the – I, the screen junkies or something like that or the movie junkies whatever so it kind of like went from there and i just everything was taken <laughs> as we were going so i finally came upon the scene snobs realized hey it's not taken i actually like that most of all ran with it so long story short the scenesnobs.com we you know that that jumped out about 2018 and in october 2019 we launched the network
2: so what on your personal show though what do you talk about mostly on, on scene Snob?
1: oh the podcast the scene's on the on the podcast we uh you know it's it was me for the longest time by myself and then i started bringing on guest hosts we talk about uh, up, up-to-date topics in the entertainment industry or within the realm of geekdom and fandom um you know and we ask almost we try to ask almost absurd questions that everybody would be into like who's your favorite father figure in comedy movies or who's your, who's your least favorite pet in a TV show, you know, stuff like that to really get the interaction going between the, uh, the people watching because it's a live show, you know, just on top of that, we'll talk about like kind of what's going on. We've been discussing WandaVision. We'll talk about like, you know, the state of what movie theaters are going through and things like that, but we'll add a lot of comedy to it. All right,
2: cool. So first things first, now that we've got that first thing out of the way. So our second first things first. Uh, we, I just realized that uh, what, I did, what I said there. So all right. So we love to talk with other creative people about what their influences are and and what they love and, and how they got to be where they're at in, in their, their sense of fandom. Now, you were kind enough to send us a list of your likes, your dislikes uh, before today so that we could talk to you about the world of sci-fi. Now, I happen to notice we have a mutual dislike. In the world of sci-fi so we're going to talk about that first and that's the wretched world of dune
1: oh, i hate that movie
2: yeah <laughs> i remember seeing this in the theater as a kid and just thinking god this sucks uh but for you what what was the reason why you dislike it so much what is it about dune
1: that does not appeal to the scene snob well i want to say uh nick i don't know how you feel about that movie, but. Um tim there's three people who definitely hate this movie that's you that's me and that's david lynch um yeah the man made the movie so that says something (laughs) Uh, now i will say this why what makes me hate dune uh have you seen it it's terrible (laughs) the whole thing is just long it's a slow burn of stupid and that's as as i and i've seen that movie twice now in my life unfortunately one because so many people you know if one because you have to watch it the first time because everybody talks about it um, right and then the second time because i was like am i wrong am i just am i just wrong in this like it seems like so many people really love this movie that maybe i'm just not seeing something and i'll tell you that second time i did see something exactly what i saw the first time <laughs> stupid movie um, it, it did not get any better I don't care what names are in it not, and you know what it turned me off to the police and Sting I'm sorry I can't even listen to their music anymore without thinking about those little metal undies <laughs> it's just that whole movie is so <laughs> stupid I know I just can't, I, can't, I can't get over how much I really dislike Dune and I, I, can, I can listen Let's face facts. The greatest part of that movie are the sandworms. And I can watch Beetlejuice. So, what's the point of watching Dune? Who cares? I like every actor in it. Every actor in it is a fine actor, except for Snake. Every actor in it is a fine actor. Um, I like Kyle McLaughlin, you know, the whole nine. I've worked with Sean Young. So, like, I can't, I can't hate people for this movie, but I just hate this movie. It is so dumb. I don't know how people like this snooze fest. I don't know how people stay awake for it. I call it the Denver
2: airports of movies. It's needlessly long (laughs) and it is, it's easy to get lost in. And I just, you know, and I, I first saw it, I think I was seven or eight. So I was pretty young. And so there was a lot of uh, science, science fiction tropes and things that were going on that movie that were way clearly way up here, well above my head. Uh, but I watched it again in my my early 20s and I still felt that it was uh, needlessly long and confusing that you know, but then I also found out who David Lynch was and then most of this his stuff is confusing. And yeah, so it just it never really sat sat well for me. Well David Lynch is an artiste.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah.
2: He's, yeah uh, that also David explains Lynch. Twin Peaks, but hey, oh
1: my God. <laughs> yeah i'm sorry it's just too And like to, listen i embrace the absurd i like it uh i'm all about it and i like david lynch i don't i don't hate david lynch as a as a filmmaker he is weird his movies don't always make sense even though he's like if you think deeper meaning no it's it's really not there's no deeper meaning you're just crazy well yeah but
2: there's there's david there's tim burton and i
1: like tim burton's weird
2: yeah. you know and then there's david lynch where I'm, always, I'm i'm kind of on the fence anyway because it's david lynch and then I go, mm, you know, we'll, we'll try it.
0: Where does <laughs> yeah. uh, M. Night Shyamalan fall in on there?
2: Somewhere in between Burton and, and uh, Lynch. <laughs> make okay. some, you know, make some good movies. Some are a swing and a miss. Uh, <clears throat> Lady in the Water, uh, and then there's, uh, <laughs> you know, I like Signs. I liked um, uh, Sixth Sense. I like, you know, some of the other things that he's done. The The Village I thought was a really well done movie. Um, you know. But, you know, didn't, didn't love the twist, but I did like the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Actually, the twist is what sold me on it
1: oh, okay. at the end.
2: I'll be honest. Uh, I I was kind of confused as to how this is all. And I started piecing it together uh, as you get towards the end of the of the village. And I was like, oh, and that kind of sold me on it. It was <laughs> like that's that made it a really
1: good story to me so yeah, he, he really screwed himself on that first on the sixth sense being the big twist because it was just like since then his movies were just so unappreciated because they didn't live up to it he just should have come out and said i'm not a twist guy that was that one movie <laughs> you know right
2: <laughs> just i got like, lucky i hit the bullseye my first time out and uh you know
1: because unbreakable is his best movie in my opinion
2: yeah it's a good, mm-hmm. that's a good show too yeah
0: so we know you don't like the classic Dune, but do you think that the Dune reboot will be any better? And would you give it a chance?
1: I am going to definitely give it a chance, that's one thing I will say. If I don't, if there's a movie, I I, I hate critics who don't see something and still criticize it poorly because they're just you know quick to jump on jump on the, all the hate. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not willing to give something a chance, I shut up about it. I won't talk about it. <laughs> Right. I will go see the new Dune. It does look more interesting than the, you know, whatever that was in the 80s. But (laughs) I will say, um, not much more interesting because the stories, the story was the worst part, in my opinion. I was just like, I don't really care. (laughs) I was like, I don't care what's happening here. I think a lot of folks struggle with the, and this is a common
2: issue with a lot of books that are made into movies is the, the you know, modernization of the book into a movie, or trying to convert the written page onto film, which doesn't always work. There are some movies that have done it really well, uh, but for a lot of people, that's a hit or a miss. And I think uh, Frank Herbert's work in the book is probably hard to transfer to the big screen, or at least hasn't been done right yet. So, you know, maybe that'll get better with, with this version. Maybe, you know, maybe technology for the sci-fi, what they're trying to do will have caught up a little bit. It'll make some of the scenes and, you know, you know, maybe
1: tie it in a little better. Who knows? I think I think a lot of those types, uh, like Princess of Mars, things like that, like they tried it with John Carter. It didn't work. Um, because the books, all of those details that are put in are so important that you get this feeling, like when it comes to the movie, it's so rushed. You know, you're trying to tell this huge epic tale that should probably be told as a TV show mm-hmm. or a miniseries or something. And you're trying to tell it, like, Children of Dune I've seen. And I actually saw that before I saw Dune. And I kind of dug that. I was like, all right, this is a little more, you know, and I was able to compare the two afterwards, but I was like, you know, this this is a little more interesting, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I, things like that, like, if, if you rush it, you know especially science fiction which i think well-written science fiction is so intricate everything is important within that story you know it's just sad to see it kind of get ruined by just being a rushed movie
0: like you were saying how the whole like sci-fi being told is more of a longer story um i really like how like netflix and hulu and like even amazon are Taking some of these sci fi things and really expanding on them. And like, I would love the new Lost in Space reboot. Like, I like the old ones, but I also love the new story that they put to it, too, kind of thing. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, I think, honestly, for a lot of these sci fi shows, this is the way to do it. Um, I think that's why WandaVision works, is because you're able, instead of trying to cram everything into a 90 minute to 120 minute, sit down at once and watch it because there's so much to tell in those expansive universes that you have an opportunity to kind of expand it out, do it little bit by little bit by little bit and really kind of dive deep into it. So I think for those type of things, it works well. However, the one area where I remember it not working so well uh, was, you know, the, with the teddy bears on Endor after Return of the Jedi. That was horrible. Please don't ever watch that.
1: Um, what do you mean? It was uh, it's the best thing ever the cartoon I love, I love the ewoks
2: um i like the ewoks on return of the jedi anything off that we're yeah, we're gonna have a disagreement
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that movie gave me such uh the battle of what was the battle of endor it gave me such uh, was that the one with ed asner uh or was it? yes yeah it but the when the kid touches the water and then he's stuck under the water <laughs> i was a little kid when i saw that I never wanted to touch a river or a lake again. I was like, I'm going to be stuck under it. Um, right. But that's, just, I've, I've never watched it as an adult. So good luck getting
2: me that. in the bath, mom.
1: <laughs> I'm not all, right, so, <laughs> all
2: right. So let's talk pre-podcasting career. Now you worked in the, in the film industry for quite some time. You have a nice list of shows and uh, some various different roles that you did uh, over the time. Which one was your favorite set to be on and
1: why uh, i every set i've ever been on i enjoy i know that feels like a cop out
2: oh that's the cop-out answer come on you gotta no, pick no, one.
1: No. oh, I, oh i'll definitely but, pick, i'll pick some it's like it's like your kids lining up we're gonna force you to pick a favorite it's <laughs> listen i have great stories from all of them um some of the better ones that i was on were some of the crappier movies okay uh we i did i was not credited in it and because you have to work at least five days as a pa to be credited on a movie and i only worked three and that was the chicago scene um, um in the dark night and that was that the chicago scene was when they had the uh gordon's um uh, funeral memorial service yeah so it was very hectic i was on the outskirts of it but it was just really cool to see a scale of that to that level. That was like the biggest thing I ever worked on. So, just being a small little fish in that big, big, big like ocean was huge. And to see all the chaos, but it was very organized chaos and kind of how they did it. I learned a lot on that set. But um, my favorite set to be on all right there's two and 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 the reason i have to bring them both up is because they have um very provocative uh settings one is called Zombie Zombie zombies strippers versus zombies i was i was a lighting um pa on that one and i was also an extra and a zombie i shouldn't even just say extra uh and we they filmed it in a old strip club you know down in florida uh, we filmed there for like, I don't know, like a week or two, and it was just everything about it uh, was so much fun. Tiffany Shepis was on it, uh, a, few, a few other actors and actresses, um, but she was she was probably the biggest name on it. Um, and we just had a, such a great time. Like we really bonded in the fact that we're stuck in this house of ill repute, um, <laughs> shooting uh, <laughs> you know, is shooting this zombie film that's so absurd. Um, and I'll tell you another story about a great, a great time I had on set. I worked on a movie called Signal Lost. And that was the one with Sean Young, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, Sean Young was in it. Tony Dennison from The Closer. Uh, I cannot remember his name. He was a good kid though. Uh, he he played young Leonidas in 300, uh, the one who fights the wolf. Okay. Uh, yeah, they were all in it, and it was. Uh, I don't even really know what it was about. It was about a family, a family right before a nuclear bomb is about to hit Los Angeles or something. Uh, You know, you don't remember these things. You just remember the times on set. We were working on that for like six days straight. It was my first production in Los Angeles when I moved out there to work on it. And I was a script supervisor. And like, it was in this big mansion where they shot adult films. They didn't tell us that. They rented out for many things. but One of the things they they shot, uh, rented out for were adult films. And I'm sitting there, and they kept saying to me, like, you know, they shoot adult films here. And I was like, yeah, yeah, so? And and they remind me everywhere I sit obviously has to be in that film because, like, it's a cheetah printed chair. Or it's a, you know, it's like a purple uh, pool table or something. And I'm just like, yeah, there's no place to sit in this house. Uh, You know, because everything I sat on, I was just like, yeah, this is clearly in a movie. It has right? To be. Um, right. But one of my favorite uh, stories was day four. I think it was. We work in twenty hours. We're all exhausted. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to work. We're working on a dinner scene with the family. I'm laying on the couch at this point. I don't care what movies are in. Um, <laughs> I'm just tired at this point and can't and can't deal. Um, and I'm the script soup. So it's like, all right. Uh, so I'm sitting there. The whole crew is just lagging, not ready to do anything. So Sean Young is at the head of the table and she gives this very impassioned speech. She was a very passionate woman about everything, Um, but very cool, very fun to get along with. And she gives this whole speech about why we do the art that we do and what we love doing and very inspiring, but it is inspired no one on set it was just at that point where we were too tired nobody cared (laughs) nobody cared and she you could tell she was really trying to wrangle everybody and kind of rally them and get them going and then she finishes it and she realized like nobody cares what i just said and i lift the pillow off my face as i'm laying on the couch and i go the laces were out and then I dropped the pillow again. She's like, the laces were in. <laughs> and that point for, we went another four hours and we were all just like giddy and like singing and laughing and having a good time. So like it, that shows, and it's happened on many sets where that one thing can really make everybody rally. And that's why I just, I always had such a great time. I always said filmmaking is the one thing. I can't l- wait to leave at the end of the day because I'm exhausted, but I can't <laughs> wait to get back. That's awesome. Right.
2: Who doesn't love a good Ace Ventura quote? By the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now for a little bit of something that you love, I mean, great Scott Johnny be good for the future of our generations. Yeah. What about the Back to the Future? is endearing to you? I,
1: I do everything, every bit of that that wonderful movie. I love the I love the all three of them but it's the first one that is just it's my absolute favorite. I don't know what it was. I just it's the nostalgia of it. It's the I just have some weird connection to it where I can't move from a spot when it's on TV. I have to watch. Uh and I I I can watch it and quote along with it and not get bored with it at all.
0: And you know they play all three of them back to back. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah you generally my day is shot
1: you know at that point but (laughs) <laughs> if I absolutely have to go someplace, it will happen right after uh, Marty returns. So, <laughs> but even the ending of that movie, even when he, as soon as he gets back from the dance uh, and they have, and everything goes haywire trying to get him back to the future. Um, I still have that thrilling feeling every time I watch it, that is he going to make it? I know he's going to, I've seen a movie like 400 times. I know he's going to make it but I still get that. And I, with no other movie I've seen before, does that happen? Well, that's a sign of a good movie. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I I just, I truly absolutely love that movie so much.
2: I like back to the future part two. I like back to the future part three, but I can skip those, but I can't seem to skip part one. If part one is on, I'm going to watch it any, any, any time and every time. Um. You know, part two, I'll watch pretty regularly. Part three, I kind of skip over that one, although that's got some fun lines in it too, being on the the wild west stuff. But
1: I yeah, I get it. So it's one of those movies too that it's it's got something adventurous for everybody. Somebody at every point in, in in age and family can connect to this movie. It's got a cool car. It's got you know, a cool kid at the helm. It's got a weird, crazy scientist. The parents are, you know, if you're a geek, you can identify with George McFly. If you're, you know, if you've been in love with a beautiful woman, you can identify with Lorraine or, um, you know, beautiful women or, or women in general can identify with like how crazy uh, her hormones are as a, you know, a teenager, <laughs> you know, like the, every aspect of that movie just somehow connects to everybody. Funny Science
2: Fiction will be right back after a word from our sponsors. And now back to Funny Science Fiction.
1: Yeah, and it touches down on everything. Bullies, racism, um, the whole nine yards down the, down the line. And it's, I think it's, and it's just, but it's nostalgic at its core. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think it's a good time.
2: One of the things I like most about that movie is that it's a mix of nostalgia, humor, and music. And they they blend those all three of those things in really really well, and I, I love the fact that they worked Huey Lewis into the movie with, but him not actually playing a song. I thought that was genius, by the way. So, uh, and then him calling rock and roll too loud, and I was like, well done, bravo. So, uh, now we also we talked a minute ago about your likes and dislikes, the fact that you sent us that list, but I also wanted to mention that on that list of likes, or of course, with this movie that we just talked about, Back to the Future. But there was also RoboCop and The Day the Earth Stood Still. And you mentioned that you have a top 10 list of favorite movies and that all three of those movies were in it. So I'm kind of curious, uh, what other movies are in your top 10 list, whether they're sci-fi or not? And what version of The The
1: Day the Earth Stood Still is in that list? Oh, the original. Hands down, Robert Wise original, uh, always. Um, I won't even... There is no other version. I, I, I won't even, nope, not even going to acknowledge that one. Uh I love Keanu, but you know, not so much for that one. Not for that one, and it's that's not his fault. They just missed the mark entirely of what that whole movie was about. Um, Robert Wise as a director is just amazing. Um, you know, I, I won't bring up Star Trek, but uh,
2: <laughs> no, you can absolutely, you can. I'm coming around. I'm working on
1: it. West Side Story, you know, he did West Side Story. I'll give him that. Um, okay. So my some of my favorite movies of all time, Jurassic Park's on there. That's it's one that that inspired me to get into filmmaking. The Searchers is on my top ten list. <clears throat> Unforgiven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that movie. The Warriors, if not in my top ten, my top twenty. I love the Warriors. I, I have a very a very close connection to. Both sci fi and westerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alien. Alien is on that list. I okay. love Alien. Yeah, I, as much as I love the Star Wars movies, I don't think anyone actually made the top 10, but Casablanca is back. Empire Strikes. Empire. strikes. That's no, out of all of my whole list <laughs> of Star Wars, like where I placed them, Empire's always first, um, hands down. So Empire
2: is my all time favorite movie, number one with a bullet. Mm-hmm. That's. And I completely understand that. That's, That's a, really my entry point into the Star Wars fandom is is Empire.
1: So. Such a great choice. No, I was just going to say, I don't think there's, and I know I'm, I'm making a sweeping declaration here. In a true tr- trilogy, I don't think there's any second movie in a true trilogy that does it as perfectly as Empire. I would agree with you. Mm-hmm.
2: Empire is the, in my opinion, and I like all, I like all the Star Wars movies. I can, I can, you know, pick out things out of each one that I, I'm not a fan of or think something I didn't like some detail or reason why, you know, I can see why people didn't like that particular movie, but I'm a fan of all of them. But that is the best out of the Star Wars canon, the, the best that Lucas has ever brought to the table, uh, the best that Lucas Films has ever brought to the table, whether uh, pre-Disney, post-Disney, whatever you want to say. That is the mark that every Star Wars movie should be hitting for, in my opinion.
0: I was thinking about one of the one one film that I don't think gets a lot of love is called Planet Fifty One.
2: That's the animated one, isn't it? It,
0: It's an animated one. It's where the human lands on the alien planet, but the aliens are all like stuck back in the fifties. Yeah, and it's
1: actually a pretty good show. I remember that. Yeah, I, I remember that one too. That that stuck that sticks out with me. That was pretty good. yeah Yeah, pretty good storyline there
0: so oftentimes the the funny comes from mashing two things up uh our facebook group is filled with memes that are mashed of this and this and whatever and so i would like you to take something from your favorite list and something from your dislike list i would like you to mash the two together and which favorite movie would you mash up with a dislike? so that it would take it off your dislike list
1: okay Uh, this is a tough question and (laughs) uh you know i'm I'm thinking about it and i really want to i I want to answer it correctly here's what i would do i would take dune and i would probably add it to jurassic park so they all get eaten (laughs) and it makes that (laughs) uh it makes that movie just so much better no you know um 30 seconds in no more spice all right we're done no more spice we don't need it anymore no uh that's a that's such a great question so i want to i want to do it due diligence one thing uh while i think about it that i think was really well done both by michael Crichton, was westworld to jurassic park you know taking those concepts and and making it bigger and making it more science fiction uh and in such a fun way uh so like if you're going to take like cuz i i don't i liked westworld enough but it's not one i really revisit often uh and the tv show was fine but I, I didn't fall in love with it like everybody seemed to be taking that concept and then transferring over to dinosaurs i was like you just hit the mark um like that that's just perfect like everybody loves dinosaurs and you you made the science fiction horror, the whole nine yards and you've added great characters to it. So, uh, I just, I I thought that that is a great sort of mashup in a way, but if I were, if I were to do it to fix something, I would probably take what's something I don't like, like a science fiction show I don't like or sure. Yeah, absolutely. I would do something, I would take maybe like RoboCop um, and take something like, I'm not a big fan of like the remakes of the Charlie's Angels, like all of them, things like that. But it might be cool to do something like that where you've gotten like a RoboCop type of movie. I'm not saying it has to be RoboCop, but like a privatized group of robots that are fighting crime. You know, okay. I'm, I'm just spitballing. This is tr- truly something I'm spitballing <laughs> here, but that so, would definitely make the Charlie's Angels element way more exciting to me.
2: Mechanizing GI Joe. All right. Knowing <laughs> <laughs> is half the battle, you know? And, That's uh, right. I don't know, so. <laughs> there you go. All right. So if there's likes, clearly there has to be dislikes. And we're, we've talked about a couple of those now And the bio that you, meant, you sent to us. You only mentioned the lack of imagination and Dune as your dislikes. Actually, what you said is you said Dune sucks and you put that in all capitals. Um, (laughs) Now you have a top 10 list of uh, favorite movies, but I have to assume that we need to talk about the other guys. And I don't mean the movie starring Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, although there are some great quotes and one-liners coming out of that movie as well.
1: So tell us what other movies make it to your suck list and why? You know, so weird to me. Like I, I think about it. Like I don't like the Transformers movies. Never been a big fan of them. Uh, I did like the cartoon growing up, but I don't think it was anything that really like stuck out to me. So I think that's why with the movies, like I'm glad my kids like them, but I, for me, I'm just kind of like, I don't, I don't even care about the giant robots fighting element. Uh, Give me Gundam, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) right, right. I'll take that every any day of the week. For me, movies like that. You know they have no imagination. Is really what it comes down to, and that's 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 why I said that. Other movies that I just find really bad. Man, I should have come more prepared. On I didn't I didn't expect the bad movies to come out, but uh, we got them, Nick. We snuck one in on them. All right, you did, you did. But uh, no, there's plenty I hate. But <laughs> 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 um, I, I, there was one that came out with Nicolas Cage not too long ago. Uh, Color of Space. I truly hated that movie. I thought that was the stupidest movie. In my opinion um i don't think i've even heard of that movie yeah so i mean for me i was just like yeah yeah whatever you know of course there's uh, battlefield earth no thank you, you. yeah it just movies like that i think it's pretty regular list i think it if it's anything and then really and i know this feels like a cop-up but it's if it lacks imagination I'm just not interested. Like, cause you, you've just lost me all around.
0: Yeah, I find like certain stories how it's like, okay, it's all action. There's like no character development and stuff. And it's like, I, I kind of like the character development. I do like some of the action, yeah, but when there's no story to it, it's kind of like okay. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> to quote a line from one of my favorite movies, which is Fanboys. Uh, which if you've never seen Fanboys and you like Star Wars, why are you still watching us and not watching Fanboys? <laughs> but please come back and watch us later. Um, but to quote a line from Fanboys, you can't be all Michael Bay, all Flash and no substance. So, which uh, then again explains your dislike for the Transformers. So, uh,
1: <laughs> but I love very... The Rock. I love The Rock.
2: Yeah. So, I have a hard time with Michael Bay movies for, uh, just for that reason. A lot of cool explosions. Not a whole lot of character development, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, we have come to that time in our show where we have a quiz for you and it's about fandoms. So not necessarily your fandoms, but there's some fandoms out there that might appreciate these questions. Now there's five questions. If you get three of them right, you get a chance to win our lovely parting gift, the I gave to the Red Shirt widows and orphans coffee mug. If you get four of them right, not only do you keep the mug, but we add a bonus gift, which is Drayton Allen's book, Custodians of the Cosmos, which is loosely based on Star Trek, and it just disappeared in the greens. There it is. It's back. It's all lovely now. Okay, but that's Drayton Allen's book based uh, loosely on Star Trek and uh, a gentleman washing out of the Federation and decides to become a custodian aboard a ship and uh, how he boldly cleans up after those who boldly just went. So... And we'll make sure that if you, if you get four out of five, we'll make sure that uh, we get Drayton to sign it for you as well. Oh, yes. All right, so, but however, if you do not make the 30% in order to receive the mug, we, ha- we call it a fun sequence. We take a picture of you and we make a meme out of you. That's do fair. you agree to these terms? I do agree to these terms. (laughs) All right. We have it on record. Oh, no, this is going to be bad. All right. So in each question, there's five questions. Each question is multiple choice. So you have a chance of of finding the answer in each one of these. Okay.
0: In Dune, (laughs) the single most valuable commodity is by far an edible substance called melange This highly addictive material is found only on the desert planet of Arrakis. What is it? Rice, mice, or spice?
1: I'm going to answer correctly because I really want that mug in that book, but I just (laughs) want to say it's crap is what it is. Um, No, it's spice. (laughs) Are these all Dune questions? I feel I'm going to get my meme so bad. I'm going to get me so bad. All right. In the movie Dune, (laughs) the expression... (sighs) Kazwitz Hatterach,
2: said by Aliyah in the last line of the movie, literally means jumping the path. In what language? Is it French, Hebrew, or Russian?
1: Uh I don't know. Um,
2: I'm going to say Hebrew. I will say that you're correct. Oh,
1: thank God. That was totally See, All right, next Dune question. I should have never said a thing about it. (laughs) I'm joking around. The movie I hate the most is uh, Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) I take it back. I take it back.
0: Which of the following is not one of RoboCop's prime directives? Serve the public, do no harm, or uphold the law?
1: Mm. I think do no harm isn't on there, right? You it's, are correct. Yeah, because it's don't harm the innocent. Correct. That that was the other yes. one.
2: So, all right. Moving on. You're three for three, by the way. That earns you a mug. Sweet. And you no longer have to have your picture taken and you have skipped the fun <laughs> sequence. All I'm right. glad we got the RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> well, we may have we may have put the first two questions in on purpose. All right, so question number four: What was the name of Doc Brown's dog in 1955? Was it Edison? Copernicus. Oh, look at you go! I didn't even get yeah. to get on. All right, Einstein was the 80s. Copernicus was the 50s. Very good. I was going to give you both of those options to try and
1: confuse you, but. I can see there is no fooling you. <laughs> do you remember which pitcher he talked to in the second one? What pitcher? Yeah. Thomas Edison. Oh, no, I don't remember that. Tom, what am I going to do? <laughs> I, I, I told you, I've watched those movies really many times. Clearly. All right.
0: What is the correct name of the device that makes time travel possible?
1: Flux is capacitor. It... you are. You know what it's so funny because i have it somewhere around here it's a flux capacitor car charger <laughs> you plug it in it lights up um, oh, that's cool yeah i'm so glad you say back to the future for that i don't even need the, the multiple choice i love those <laughs> those. i love them so much
2: all right so five for five is our result of our game so you get the coffee mug the book and we'll have uh drayton uh do
1: a little bit of vandalization in the front cover well i very much appreciate this guys and i appreciate you saving the best for last well we tried worse for front best for last we just wanted to scare you a little bit
2: i think i think we accomplished that i I feel pretty good about that
1: (laughs) oh those first two questions i'm like i'm done i'm done (laughs) as soon as you're like french hebrew or russian i'm like i don't know uh (laughs) i forgot there was lines in that movie uh So I will just, uh, I will say thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for this and screw yeah. Dune. <laughs> there you
2: okay. go.
0: Well, Mick, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can people go to find out more about all of your work?
1: Uh, head over to thescenesnobs.com. That's the best place. We have our full schedule on there. All of our, we have our uh, shows. You, you can check out all the shows I'm on. Um, we're they're either live or pre recorded, but we broadcast everything throughout the week. So if you follow us on social media, You will see our shows. Um, You can, yeah, just go ahead right over there. We have our blog up so you can see our movie reviews, the whole nine yards. TheSceneSnobs.com is the best way to go.
0: Awesome. We will be sure to put those in
2: the description down below so that people are able to click those. Thank you. All right. Now we want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get a more amazing guest like Mick here and funny moments for you to listen to. So please subscribe. It really does help more than you're ever going to know. And be sure as well to go over to scenesnobs.com, check out Mick, his show, The Scene Snobs, and all the rest of his content on there as well. You guys will not be disappointed. I subscribe to several of those shows and I enjoy them very much. However, if for whatever reason, you're not happy with the content of our video today, all you have to do is submit in single form by signature mail to our complaint department, which is headed up, of course, by the Ben Jesseret. And trust me, you do not want to be around when the offending party has to put their hand in the box. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks again, guys. All right, goodbye, everyone. Thank you for watching, Mick. Thank you for being a guest on Funny Science Fiction. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor,
0: the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort that you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 88. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and gets ran over by Doc Brown's DeLorean five minutes after the Clock Tower incident but before his parents fade from the photo, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and his half-melted shoes.
2: On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at funny sci-fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode.
1: 2020 by Drayton Allen. Virtual music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by Funny Science Fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at at draytonellen.com.